everyone, welcome to episode two of Chips and Tips. I'm one of your hosts, Todd Nesloni, and my other host, we realized, did not go into his bio or where he's from or anything in the last episode. <laughs> so Ross, why don't you take it away? Yeah, oops. Um, so yeah, welcome everybody. My name is Ross Braun, and my apologies, I didn't talk about myself enough <laughs> in the our first episode, but yeah. Um, Russ Braun. I am from a beautiful Parker City, Indiana. Um, I have a principal in a kindergarten through sixth grade building, soon to be preschool. We have a project going on right now. We're building a preschool and kind of take on that adventure next August. Um, but we got a roughly 600 students. Um, we are a Title One school, high uh, free and reduced, you know, high poverty rate, and we are in it for kids there. So. Um, it's in my Twitter bio. I say all the time, I'm the small town principal helping students to chase big time dreams. So um, it, that's my goal as an educator. And that's my goal as a leader to show students their worth, their value, and that sky is the limits. So that Love is it. me. I am also a husband and a father. My wife, Mackenzie, is a kindergarten teacher. Bless her heart for uh, what she does on a daily ba- basis. And then uh, we've got three awesome kids, um, Franny, Evelyn, and Ripton. So seven, five, and Rip just turned one. So we are man, we are oh man. in it deep for sure. That's right. Well, we want to thank everybody for joining us. Thanks for checking out episode one. As you know, our d- dream with this podcast is that we're going to talk about some chips and dips at the beginning and then end with some tips. And this episode outside of the chips and things is going to be all about traveling with kids. And so we're going to dive into that first, but I know before we do that, obviously Ross, we got, we got, we have some snacks with us today. You brought some special ones. I brought some special ones. There's the crunch. So first of all, we're going to start out with um, the chips today are some festive holiday red and green tortilla chips. (laughs) <laughs> saw these on the end cap and had to have them. Um, and then the, the dip today is actually a little different. Something I can't say I've ever tried before. It's an avocado salsa. So Ooh. shout out to my aunt and uncle, Bob and Jen, showed up at our first family Christmas last weekend. And they showed up with salsa. And they said, we listened to episode one. And we <laughs> want to shout out on episode two. We got some salsa for you to well, try. So You didn't even say the name or anything. You just said avocado salsa. Do you know how many yeah. avocado salsas there are in Texas? Well, see, this is Indiana. So we don't have as many avocado salsas. This is a, um, a specialty selected, just a mild avocado salsa. I'm not real sure. Does it have um, a brand? But it doesn't. It's just a specialty <laughs> selected. So it just came um, out of kid it is, it is my, it probably did. I mean, um, and if it was theirs, I know it's going to be good. So, uh, this is good stuff. I'm, I was a little hesitant about it, but, um, I'm impressed. So I'm hooked. Hey, we, we love some good avocado salsa in my household for sure. Well, the chips I brought is, you know, I love eating in Mexican restaurants. We've talked about this before. I could, I could do it every mm-hmm. single meal. Um, but one of the best things about ordering Mexican food to go, especially in our hometown, is that they always give us tons of chips that we do not finish with the meal. So <laughs> they're great to use as like snack on chips. So I have leftover chips from the restaurant. But so last episode, Ross, I talked about the pickle smash. 
And I told yeah. you I ordered some. It finally came in, like literally <laughs> yesterday. This took like over a month to come in um, because the the delivery here in Texas has been crazy with the holiday season. Um, but I got you a jar, so I'm gonna send it your way. Good. Um, right. But we have a restaurant around here that nobody in my married into family likes, except for me. Do y'all have you ever heard of a restaurant called Casa Ole? Can't say I heard of Casa Ole. It's a chain restaurant, this, okay. and it's pretty much just like microwaved Mexican food. I'll, I'll <laughs> just be honest. But in saying that, their queso is literally my favorite chili con queso I've ever had in my life. We, wow. my aunt, found a knockoff recipe online that we cook, um, and it tastes almost just like it. Um, so that's where I'm showing today. If you've never been to a casole, the food is not that great, but the queso and the salsa is pretty good too, actually. Um, but I, when when it was open here in town before it closed, I would go just to order the queso and take it home. God, so, it's not a good sign when it closed. Well, I mean, you were the only one that liked whatever, it. I don't know. <laughs> it's still open in the town next to us. It's just not open right. in our town anymore. My okay. family loves to rub that in because that means we don't ever have to go anymore. I miss it. So, oh, it's good. Wow. I trust you, um, but I just want to say, like, we're almost a month away. We actually are less than a month away now. Holy cow, December has flown away. Yep. Um, we will be live in a restaurant eating chips and salsa and dips together in Las Vegas. And recording an episode all at the same time. All at the same time. I mean, we are with, like, it is getting near, and I cannot wait. I'm so excited for it. So everybody out there, if you, if you haven't registered yet, right, get on. And if you can't make it to Vegas, you got Charlotte in February. And if you know of a good place with chips and salsa or queso, send it our way while we're in Vegas or Charlotte in January, February, and we'll go try it out. For uh, sure. Provide some feedback. So and we might we might have chips and, and salsa every meal while we're in Vegas. So I am not opposed need- to that at all. <laughs> We need recommendations. We'll begin a DoorDash to the hotel. Um, <laughs> so, you know, this episode also, though, we said we were going to talk about traveling with kids. So you've got three kids yeah. of a variety of ages. You've had a little bit more experience than I have traveling with them. My twin boys are 18 months old. Um, and we just got back from, I don't know, our fifth or sixth trip with them. Um, and I know for us, you can tell me what how, how y'all decided, but... My wife and I, before we had kids, we loved to travel. Like we, that was one of our favorite things to do was to get away as a couple, go visit places. We love to go to museums, to zoos. We we love to eat out. And so when we had kids and when we knew we were going to have kids, one of the things we both said was, you know, we don't want to lose that piece of who we are and we want to bring the boys in on it just to kind of give them that experience. Now, obviously it's one thing to <clears throat> think or dream that before the kids are here. And then when the kids arrive and you try to travel, you see very quickly all that goes into travel that nobody told me about when it comes to having kids. But it is still something, even with all the lessons we've learned over the last year and a half, that we definitely want to keep doing with the boys. Uh, but we'll talk about some of the things we learned. But what about y'all? I mean, have yeah, y'all like traveling with the kids? Have y'all always talk- wanted to? We talk about how much you and I have in common, and that was our Mackenzie and I's, you know, our same journey. We love to travel as a couple. Uh, we were went everywhere, you know, as much as we could, whether just weekend trips or vacations. Um, I, I still remember Francis, our oldest. Uh, we did not know we were pregnant, and we were in Washington D.C. 
And Mackenzie's like, I am tired. Like we got to take a break. I, I, and then she started wanting Wendy's fries every <laughs> other hour. And, um, we, at the end of the trip, we found out we were going to be parents. So that was exciting. But, um, we said from the get go, we're like, you know, we're not going to stop traveling. We're going to provide our kids with experiences. We think, you know, there's so much value uh, in getting our kids out and seeing the world and what every what this world has to offer. Um, and we're we're going to do it. So that's been our mission. I, um, you know, we bought our first boat. We're avid boaters. We love to boat. We bought our first boat when the Francis, I think, was four weeks old. Um, and had her out on the boat. Um, she has been a boater girl ever since. Um, both of our other kids are, have been out on the boat, you know, when they were very, very young as well. So, and then we've traveled. We just, uh, Evelyn, I remember we were not sure what we were thinking, but we took her to Disney when she was two months old. Um, and we drove from Indiana to Florida with the two month old. Oh my gosh. Um, no, no, that was no. crazy. So that is one thing with us. We, we like to drive as much as possible. Um, so I guess here's my first, you know, tip traveling with kids is we, do, when we drive, we try to plan it around sleep. So, yeah. um, for whatever reason, it is in my blood, you know, that I can just like go and drive and get in the car and, and we don't like to stop. We like to get in uh-huh. and, and take off and go. And a lot of times we'll travel through the night with the kids because they sleep, they're out, they're conked. Um, I might need a cup of coffee or two and I can yeah. and get in and, and drive. And so when they wake up, we're there and we, we like that. So um, that would be my, my first tip. What about you guys? You know, I, I think you brought up a great point about sleep. One thing that we, so in Texas, we, we can drive all over for a day all over the state. Um, but Liz and I are not big car travelers, like for a whole day. Uh, when we were married, we drove to California once and we said, never again will we do that. Like, we will fly. We will figure it out. And now the boys are free to fly until they're two. We're like, we're going to fly as much as we can before we have to pay for them. Um, But when planning all of our flights, every single flight that we take is planned during nap time. That doesn't always mean that they nap on the flight, but it means that that's the highest likelihood of it happening now. And we've never taken a flight longer than two and a half hours um all of our flights have been along the east coast or central america or central united states and so um we haven't gone to the west coast yet with them a little bit further away but going during nap time has definitely been a good thing for us um they and they've never napped the whole flight um <laughs> but they have napped chunks of it which is better than nothing traveling during nap time is definitely a, a benefit nice for uh i think another um good idea for us is we just like we, we let the kids pack okay here's here's your your carry-on or here's your backpack for the car put in whenever you want you know and they take all the comforts of home what they feel are the comforts of home um to me it may look like junk to be honest yeah. with you um but that that is what they need to take so they feel comfortable and they can stay busy in the car or on the plane or whatever it is so that would be my, my next tip is uh, let your kids pack what they want, you know, to some degree. Yeah. Um, now we are going to Florida next week. We leave Christmas night. We're flying out. So I, I actually asked you last week um, some, some flying tips because this will be Rip's first flight. 
Um, and so I asked you some flying tips there, but you know, next week we'll, 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 we'll test this all out and see mm-hmm. if our advice, um, is working. Well, you see, you brought, you brought up a great thing about them getting to choose. And I love that. Now, obviously my boys aren't old enough to make those kind of choices yet. Um, so one piece of advice that we were given was bring only new toys. So that way it'll be a first experience, which will engage them a little bit longer. Um, and we bring a ton of snacks. Now we used to bring like the diaper bag full of snacks because pro tip while you're traveling, a diaper bag, if you have kids, does not count as a carry on. Um, yeah. So you can, if you have a one carry on limit, you can bring a carry on and a diaper bag. So you always get that extra. So that's nice. But we were keeping all the snacks in there and it was a nightmare trying to pull <laughs> them all out and bring them in and keep them entertained. And so Liz found this really cool like round snack thing that's got like six little containers inside of it. So we put six different snacks. And so the boys can press the button in the middle and decide what snack they want to open up. That's and cool. so that is kind of like a game and a snack at the same time. Um, but Liz found that online. It was a genius idea. It changed the snacking game for us um, in this last flight that we did for sure. Yeah. That was one of the tips you gave me last week. And we jumped online and started searching right away. Cause uh, if there's one thing Rip likes, it is to eat. He is uh, a bottomless pit right now. So he will eat the entire flight. And if that gets us to Florida, then great. You know, and you, outside of the plane, we let them run around at the airport, get energy out. Um, it is a little exhausting chasing them constantly. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing that we've learned that vacations are now is they're not vacations. They're just great photo opportunities for the kids because <laughs> um, there is literally no rest for the parents. Um, but letting them run around the airport has been great and getting that energy out because when we get on the plane, both Liz and I are very much like we want the kids to sit with us. Like we don't want them running on the plane. We want them to to play a game or something or do something to be entertained or put them to sleep. Um, and, you know, kids are unpredictable, so it doesn't yep. always work that way. Um, but I definitely have a lot of sympathy for a plane ride now when there is a parent with a kid who is just crying uncontrollably or screaming. It's like, I have no frustration now. I'm just like, oh my gosh, I just want to go help them. Like, I want to say, can I do something? Can I can I calm you down? Because I know this is frustrating for the parent. Because um, that's a whole new thing that I learned too. Yeah, good. All right, so my last tip for, for tonight, all right, is, and I talk to you about this all the time, like, you know, simplifying leadership, simplifying life. Um, Mackenzie and I've had these conversations a lot, you know, and we see this, like a lot of times you, you see families, um, you know, I'm going Clark Griswold here. You build up, you build up this great big trip. And then there's like a letdown because it doesn't happen or you spend all this money and somebody gets sick and, and we love to travel. We love to provide our kids with experiences, but we also try to simplify our trips. You know, we want to do fun things, but we don't want to build up, build up this great big thing or this one experience and then something happened and we've got a letdown that our entire trip was awful. And so we've tried to just simplify, like, I mean, when we first started taking trips, it was like, we were going to go out to eat every single night. And I think honestly, COVID has, has helped us with this a lot, but like um, now we may eat out once or twice if we're there for five days and we'll, we'll maybe cook in or we'll or just order food in. Um, and we realized this after a couple experiences and like, asking our daughters, like, okay, like, what was your favorite memory of our trip? And I remember a few years ago, we went to St. Pete in Florida for spring break. And 
they're like, you know, our favorite memory was eating um, dinner on the beach. And I think we got, you know, like we literally got pizza and took it to the beach and ate dinner and they ran around and played and we watched the sun sunset and like that, that was it for them. It cost us 30 bucks in, yeah. in pizza. We didn't have the stress of setting down and making sure everybody was, uh, you know, quiet and, and all that respectful. And, and um, that was like the moment for us of that trip. And so oh. that would be my advice is just simplifying your trips and enjoying each other. Yeah. enjoying that time that you have with each other so well my final travel piece would be because we just got back from a vacation um a couple days ago and i told you ross we ain't gonna take one for a while because the boys are in their three major mm -hmm. years even though they're only 18 months and yeah. it was a nightmare it was exhausting and um, there were great pieces but it was very very tough um but so i my thing that i've really had to get over is paying for things that I thought was ridiculous, but have been game changers for our family because of the amount that we travel. And there are two things that I specifically think about that I did not want to pay for. And after the first trip, I was like, fine, let's give it a shot. And it changed everything for us. And one is we do like to eat out and we do not like high chairs. Um, a, because they're really gross. Um, but B, because they don't actually keep our kid in them. Um, the stupid straps never actually hold a kid. And I don't even know what the point of the strap is on those things. <laughs> and so we bought these. They're insignia. And they hang on the table. So you just put it on the table, twist it up. And I was nervous thinking like, oh, my gosh, this the table's never going to hold right. this forever. But you, of course, have to have a sturdy table. But And we have two boys, so I can put them on either side to level it out. But it has been amazing to, because they can be strapped down in those and they're right up at the table. They're at the same height. And that really helps us when eating out. Um, because if we do have a high chair, it's just a battle the entire time of staying seated. Um, and the second thing is we talked earlier about sleep and how important sleep is. And my wife has done a lot of looking into things because obviously these are our first kids. And so um, one of the things she has always told me is there have to be as dark as possible like the bedroom has to be as dark as possible. This does, that does. And so I was always like, they nap on the plane. They nap in the car. The sunlight's in there. Like they don't have to have that. And so um, I was kind of flippant about it. Um, and then we were trying to always stay in suites. So that way we could have the bedroom. And when the boys would go down, we could put them like in the little living room area and like close the door so they could have a, a quiet space. Um, but that does not, there's not suites always available or affordable. And so as we've had to stay more and realized, oh my gosh, like we're just going to have to stay in a king room and they're just going to have to sit in their uh, playpens next to us or sleep in them. Um, we heard about something called a slumber pod. And I did not want to do this because of, it was like a couple hundred dollars for them, but it has changed everything. It looks like a little tent and you yeah. literally just put it over the pack and play um, and it blocks out all light, but it's got like some venting. So venting and they give you, you can get a fan with it. <laughs> That's important. I'm glad you clarified yeah, that. The fan is there at the bottom and there's a little spot at the top where you can put the baby monitor um, and then zip it up. So there's no light. And that pitch darkness of it has helped so much with them sleeping that they could sleep in the same room as us and we could still watch TV yeah. like at night while we're just, we're just chilling after they go to bed. And so, definitely worth the money. That has been a game changer. So Liz told me about that as soon as they were born and I put it off for several trips and I regret that now. 
Um, <laughs> but in closing out this section, I do want to say one thing. I am very much of the personality of don't wait till a certain age to do yeah. fun thing with your kids. Um, you mentioned taking Evelyn. I think it, it was Evelyn, right? The Disney yeah. World um, when she was two months. Um, now we went a little bit longer, but we took the boys um, for their one year birthday. Cause that was also in get your teach almost in Orlando. And so we were there anyway, one year birthday to Disney world. And it was magic. Um, now we only did it for like a day and a half, two days. And that was the limit. Um, and we all got heat stroke the second day because it was so hot. But the first day was amazing. Um, and the boys did so good. Like the nap schedule was off. Food was off. And they were pros. So we actually yeah. are going back to Disney in February. And they have been talking about Mickey. And they want to be, meet Spider-Man. Um, and so I am so excited. But I'm, I will never forget taking my one-year-olds who don't speak. They just squeal or cry or fight. Um, and when they came around the corner, when we were waiting in line to meet Mickey and in Magic Kingdom, you meet him in this little closed in area where you're waiting in line. So he's in a room that you get led into and they squealed when they saw him, when they came around the corner. And that was one of the coolest experiences ever for me as a dad, because I'm such a huge Disney fan, but to hear my boys be like, ah! Because they were like, we see you on the TV and we sing your songs. Yeah. So now that they're starting to say some words, and in about two months when we go, it'll be so much fun to see those reactions. So I would just say, don't not take your kids places yep. because of their age. Um, there's ways to make it work. And those core memories um, are so important. So Good. Yeah, I will piggyback on that and say, just go, go do it. And and it doesn't have to be, you know, if you can make a Disney trip happen, that's awesome. If you're not in a place financially or geographically that you can make that happen, go to the state park, you yep. know, go to your local amusement park. Yep. Um, just if it's an overnight trip, you know, go stay in a hotel uh, with your kids and an indoor swimming pool. And, yep. and that those memories, um, they will remember and those experiences they will be able to take with them um, for the rest of their life. So even going to the park to have a picnic is fun yeah. and mixes things up. So definitely yeah. I love that. Okay, so we are recording this during the holiday season. Obviously, some may not be listening during then, but we are recording this during Christmas is gosh, less than a week. Um, so Ross, you wanted to end on some Christmas questions. I I love Christmas. You've seen my crazy outfits. We oh, talked yeah. about them in the oh. last episode. I, I picked up another one this weekend while we were out shopping. I couldn't not get it. It was just it was screaming at me. Um, so for you, what is your all-time favorite Christmas movie? Hands down, no um, competition at all, Elf. <laughs> Elf to me is not only one of the best Christmas movies ever, it is just one of the funniest movies ever with so many quotable lines. Now, yes, I love Home Alone. That I mean, that's my childhood. But Elf, to me, is, like, the greatest example of what a great Christmas movie should be. And I will say, if you have not watched the new movie on Apple TV+, Plus, um, called Spirited, that's got Will Ferrell and Ryan yeah. Reynolds, it wasn't that bad. I didn't know what Pretty to good. expect. Okay. Um, but I didn't hate it. But it kind of, I was like, oh, I mean, I'd like a sequel to Elf. Like, I'm dying for a sequel to Elf, but I love that movie so much. Yeah. Who, do we, who do we talk to about an Elf sequel? I well, mean, supposedly, I, I read an article about it when Spirited was coming out, and I know that Will Ferrell talked about how for a while he never wanted to do that, ever. Um, and then there was just never a script that he loved. 
because gotcha. that movie was he was part of the producing uh, efforts on that too. So he was very much like, nope, this is a classic. I don't want to mess it up. And so until I get the perfect script, we're never going to do it. I respect that for sure. Well, for me, um, I I drop a lot of these lines um, on a daily basis in the month of December, but it's Christmas vacation. I Just knew it. I classic. knew you were going to say that. I knew it. I I am a Clark, um, no doubt about it. So uh, I I love to go all out during this time, and, and I I try to make everything perfect um, so I can relate relate to Clark. But yeah, I I've watched it three or four times every holiday season. So those um, so of you watching it. or listen, I mean, those of you listening to this episode, you need to share with us like what what is a Christmas movie that we have to see that you absolutely love. But before. We move on. I know you got another question because you're raw. So, yeah, what's the other Christmas question? I, I do, and this is it's not something I am as passionate about because um, I can only do, get into it like maybe a week or two before Christmas. Can't get into it definitely before December first. What is your favorite Christmas song? Okay, that is sacrilegious. Number one, to wait that long to enjoy <sighs> quality Christmas music. I listen. I mean, I I love a good Christmas song. I don't care when, but I will not listen to consistent Christmas music until November. Um, but now I will say it is not my favorite Christmas song. But Christmas is not complete without Mariah Carey. So definitely got to give the shout out there because that is everybody. When they hear that song, you know it's Christmas time. But you know, I love a good Christmas original. Um, and so I think my Christmas favorite songs like it changes every year. Um, like last year, my favorite Christmas song, Katy Perry released one, um, Cozy Little Christmas. And I love that song, still listen to it. Um, and then Carrie Underwood had that one come out with John Lin- uh, John Legend. That was just fantastic as well. Um, but, you know, as far as favorite, um, if you can find me a vocalist that can kill Oh Holy Night, that is a, a classic but yeah. you have to have someone who can blow it out of the water. Like I need a Christina Aguilera <laughs> or Natalie Grant. Like those two, those can they can kill that song. Um, but if you're just a mediocre, don't even waste your time playing that song. Okay. I don't need to hear. I need to hear that note hit loud and long. <laughs> you know, holy night. So love it. You? Well, you know, as you're answering this question, I realize I ask you a question that I don't have an answer to. <laughs> surprise, surprise. <laughs> So, um, for, for me, so a little, this little story, I grew up, um, my parents were huge Alabama fans. So the country band Alabama and every Christmas we would listen to the Alabama Christmas album, um, as we're unwrapping presents. So it's so nostalgic. I still love it. We, we listen to it as we unwrap presents. Um, I love the Alabama Christmas album. And then as I'm working in the office, um, I'm with you. I love just the Christmas classics. So I'll turn on the Christmas classics Spotify playlist um, and just have it going because I, I love their classics. I love it. And I got to say, another one that I love from when I was growing up um, is a group Point of Grace. Um, they had an original called Love Came Down. Love that song. The build up at the beginning, the music, the vocals, everything's amazing. So Definitely recommend listening to Love Came Down by Point of Grace as well. I'm trying it. I haven't heard it. Um, so we hope, everybody, we made it to the end of an episode. We shared some great chips, dips, recommendations. Go check out Casa Ole. Let me know your thoughts. We also <laughs> gave some travel tips with kids, just a few off the top of our heads. Um, let us know if you've got some great tips. We obviously do not have it all figured out. 
So we will always yeah. take more tips. Um, and let us know what your favorite Christmas movie or Christmas song mm-hmm. at the moment is. We would love to hear that as well. So Ross, got any other final, yeah. final words? No. Hey, I just want to say, I told you when I came on air, we have two days of school this week. So Monday and Tuesday, I heard a couple oh, schools goodness. actually have to go all week, five days leading up to Christmas. So um, I'm praying for you all. Um, good luck. Wow. I'm nervous about two days. I'm going to embrace the chaos. Have as much fun. Enjoy this time with our staff and our kids. Um, but just shout out to everybody that's in the trenches and and trying to do a little educating here the week before Christmas break. And we'll see you all back for episode three. All right. Thank you. Take care.